0: Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9. The horn. This one had Hard in a feeling a certain kind of way.
1: Man, I mean, catching a little bit of emotion. That was, right a, there, you
0: know that was yeah. a hardball karaoke going in here <laughs> before uh, we officially came back on there. One uh-huh. day we are just going to turn his mic on, Patrick, and let everybody hear Harge going hard. Play a song you know Hard's going to have to jam out to, and just don't tell them. Is that the, gonna the, gonna the, the hard karaoke? G- G- the harge oh, yeah, karaoke. Yeah. There it is. That's right. Uh, yeah, Hard's is your jam right here, obviously. It oh, is, but <laughs>
1: Okay.
0: Uh, yeah, because you was. This uh, is Teddy right here. Wait, Teddy. When, Teddy. when he
1: hit it right here, when Teddy hit it right here. <laughs> here we go. Watch him. <laughs>
2: when we argue, fuss, and fight. Oh, oh, oh.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. See, I told you. We're gonna do it. Yeah. I like what Patrick already named it and everything. We're, gonna, <laughs> we're definitely going to make that happen one day with Arch. Because he just feeling real good about his voice until we make it uh, public knowledge. I love it. For public consumption, it. if you will. Uh, uh. All right. Having a good time here on Ball Don't Lie. You can always be a part of the show. Hit us up on the Specs text line, please. Your participation means everything to us. 512-337-3776. You also can hit us up via Twitter. Hard's at Hardball. hard in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis, the real MVP at It's Patrick Davis. And I'm at Rod Davis in the Twitterverse. All right, gentlemen. Let's start with the Cowboy and then we'll make our way to Longhorn to a draft with the Cowboys draft then the Longhorns who are drafted anything we don't finish we can finish up in Rod's round today also I got a history lesson about the NFL draft in Rod's Ranth of the day as well um, so we'll do that and continue our draft discussion Cowboys, though, uh, we talked about the uh, Mozzie Smith pick, but uh, we can still get into that even more if you guys would like to. But overall, what grade would you give your Dallas Cowboys draft this past weekend, Hart? Overall?
1: I would give them a B. Okay. I would give them a B. That's fair. You know because I thought you, you know, I
0: like that. I thought you were going to be too harsh, or I thought you were going to be too positive. No, no, You're I would not. never, you know,
1: you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm more on the harsh side than, uh, than the uh, positive, positive side, <laughs> but I'm gonna go ahead and look at them and I'm gonna give them a solid B. Um, obviously, the first round pick, Mozzie Smith, was the question mark for me initially, but then you go back and you do some research on him and you hear. The uh, the conversations about why they went with him, you understand it. The mm-hmm. impact you've been giving us the numbers and the run defense versus the uh, when you do have a guy like Jonathan Hankins in I there had to do it versus. Uh, when he's not there, and then mm-hmm. you can bring in a guy that can get to the quarterback as well as control the line of scrimmage. You had to make that move. Uh, obviously, the second-round pick was something that I was kind of, eh,
0: I'm okay with. You don't with. like the Luke Schoonmaker, the tight end for Michigan. You're I not did, a fan. I didn't, I didn't, I, you thought I didn't, they could have got better value. Yeah,
1: there. I think they could have got okay. a different one, but there were some flags on some other players, and again, he may be somebody that can come in and block right away and do some good things. As you talked about, you played at Michigan. You got to be you able play to block. Hardball. Yeah, no you got to be able to hard- block
0: ball tight ends can block.
1: Yeah, you're going to definitely be able to block and I'm already been a big fan of Ferguson and Hendershot uh, that's just another piece that they can add to it. Ferguson, Ferguson.
0: everybody likes him. I remember, was it Travis Kelsey? You yes. told me about that tweet. They Travis Kelsey them. put out there talking
1: about he, he he's a big fan. Yes, of Jake because I think he's more of a Travis Kelsey type. Now I didn't say he was going to be Travis Kelsey. I said he's more of a Travis Kelsey. I'll take a
0: Travis Kelsey type all day.
1: That's what I'm talking about. You know what and mean? Then he, he's going to be effective. Yeah. But here's the deal. What is that going to do? What is the scheme? Because what did Mike McCarthy say? We're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball. But I definitely have to have that safety net, and I think Ferguson can be that safety net for him. Uh, So and and then you put in Luke was his favorite target exactly. You've talked about the fact of the. Twelve personnel that the Cowboys thirty-one like percent of and, time. Yes. they run two tight ends. So here's another guy that you will be able to run out there and be a part of what you're you're expecting to happen. Obviously, De- Demarvin Demarvin was one that I've, I've been a big fan of Agent Zero since the day he got on campus, and I'm glad to see that he's going to be playing for my Dallas Cowboys. The Deuce Vaughn pick I thought was going to be good. Mm. I think he's going to be an effective piece. For well, the success, they did go out and get a cornerback and Eric Scott.
0: They did. Who, yeah, we can talk I'm still about that. Kind of, Southern Miss product. Yeah,
1: I'm still trying to figure out what 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 is it that they see. They in like him. his
0: wingspan. I'll give you a little nugget about yeah. it. Because I was thinking the same thing. The, he's the third longest wingspan of any cornerback in the draft. Julius Branch, the corner that came out of K-State, who we both like. Yep. And Joey Porter Jr., I love only Joey Porter Jr. cornerback to a longer wingspan. You know Dan Quinn, yep. coming from his Legion of Boom days, he loves length, long-rangey corners, right? He you knows Richard jabber. Sherman, those Sam right. Chance. We were talking about all that. Those, those DBs are really long, except, everybody except for Earl er, 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 Thomas, really. Right. A long-rangey DB. That's right. He's the only guy that was kind of short and stout. Joey but Browner was big, Exactly, too. but yeah. that guy could cover sidelines. Sideline as a middle field safety, so I think he just likes to link. Think about uh Israel uh, Makuyamu, yep. Uh, think about Nation Wright, he loves long DBs, yep. And I think that's why he was attracted to him. So that
1: works
2: for me, and yeah. that's why I give those guys a B. Yeah, Solid and that B. one, and that was somewhat more confusing too because they actually traded it back up for that. They go up a 2024 fifth round pick to oh, get really? that, pick. Yeah. yeah, okay. So that was one that they must have really liked because they did decide to go back and get him. Uh, it seems as if maybe there was a conversation uh, when they had the pick for Asim Richards right before that, that maybe they were thinking going one or the other, and if he stayed there long enough, they could pull off the trade and get two fifth-rounders that they felt pretty good about. Yeah,
0: that's a great point there. And, you know, it's is it, I don't know, It, it does it seem like to anyone else that the Cowboys have decided that they're going to win a Super Bowl with the defense as their identity Mm -hmm. is based on the offseason and now this draft. And maybe that was part of the Will McClay pitch as well. And it's like, guys, I remember you had Goose Goslin on. I remember asking him the question. I said, listen, there are two ways to win the Super Bowl, elite quarterback or elite pass rush Mm -hmm. slash dominant defense. Cowboys are closer to the to, to being a Super Bowl competitor with the latter, yes, more so than the former. Goose Goslin agreed that was prior to last season. Now it seems like even Mike McCarthy, with his comment about, no, no, we're going to run the ball, control the. Remember, he literally mocked Kellen Moore in what we thought was almost mm-hmm. a kind of a, a ridiculous <laughs> mock, if you will. Uh, he made fun of him essentially for scoring too many points but not winning enough games. Right, and we're like, well. Trying to score a lot well, of points trying to and do win these things, games. Man. That's usually what yeah. helps you win games. But he's talking about controlling the game and being able to control the line of scrimmage. And you do that by running the football. And I think that's why that's part of uh, them. They're coming to the realization that, guys, we're going to win with our defense. Our defense actually is the el- most elite part of our football team. Yep. Let's double down on that. And they did this offseason, and it seems like they did it again in the draft.
1: Wow. That's that's the Cowboys for you, right? Right. That's just the way I mean, that they go about it. And sometimes you sit there and you're like, "Huh?" We all expect huh? it in the just draft. like what you said about uh, Kellen Kellen Moore. The ob- object is to score more points than the other team. But yet you're talking about
0: he just want to run it up. I want to run the ball. I'm like, huh? Yeah. I thought we wanted to win ball games. I don't care how we win them. Yeah, but I understand <laughs> what Mike McCarthy was saying because Mike McCarthy saying I want to slop the clock. Essentially, I want to reduce the – yeah. they, they, were, they were a high-risk, high-reward offense last year. Yep. I don't want to reduce the risk and keep the high reward. Higher reward but a lower risk because no. that was Dak last year, right? He was too risky with the football, um, and I think that's where the running game comes in, helping Dak out a lot and minimizing the risk. I'm not saying I agree with it or it's going to work, but I'm just saying that's what that's, – the, the draft tells me that and the offseason tells me that. Yeah. That they have now decided, no, we're going to win with defense. Slow the game down. Like yes. keep, keep the defense fresh Keep them fresh Because they got it They're going to win the game yep. for us yep. uh, I'm concerned though Because they don't think They have a bell cow running back I, I love the Deuce Vaughn pick Listen Deuce Vaughn Man the stats on Deuce, If you look at since 2020 mm-hmm. From 2020 to 2022 Nobody's had more yards Overall All purpose yards And yards from scrimmage Than Deuce Vaughn Not at all Not <laughs> even close Not even close <laughs> Deuce yes. been, He is a machine yes. I mean of productivity and every level he's played on, he's produced. And not only just produced, he's excelled, I should say. Not just produ- excelled at every level he's been on. And had to play, you know, in elite levels of Texas high school football. We yep. know how competitive it is. Had to play in the Power Five, in the Big 12 at K-State. We know how competitive the Big 12 is. And yet he's excelled in each of those. There's no doubt in my mind, guys. Of the Cowboys' picks, I would say he's my... He's one of my top three favorite picks they made this year. My favorite is the Mozzie Smith pick. Just doing the research. I love the pick. And I love the DeMarvion Overshawn pick. We were talking about it on the show. We went over it ad nauseum that Dan Quinn really liked. He really liked Overshone. Met yep. him at the combine. Even had a visit with him after that. He's a big uh, advocate of positionless football. DeMarvin Overshone fits positionless football to a T. He's the epitome of it. Yep. And they brought him in. So I love that pick too for the Cowboys. But I also love this Deuce Vaughn pick. Hey, I love hey. it. Those are my uh, no question because they all fit. Needs for the Cowboys. Yes, they they specifically fit needs the Cowboys have, and I love those players going into the draft for the Cowboys. Yes, the tight end position and the second round that surprised me a little bit. I'm gonna go with the b- giving the Cowboys the benefit of the doubt on the Luke Schoolmaker pick, but there's no doubt. All right, that's what I, what if I say when Mozzie M- 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 Smith got
1: picked. Hey, Will McClay said it was good. Mama call him Clay. I'ma call him Clay. I'm rolling with it.
0: Well, the Mozzie Smith thing just makes sense. Like people who aren't keeping up with the NFL, yep. they may look at that pick and go, Why would you pick D tackle that high in the first round? That's not a great value. It's not a premium position. Which it is not. That you can certainly argue that. But if you're looking at the NFL this year, your teams ran for over 120, actually 121.6 yards on average this year per game. That is the highest average in rushing yards per team per game since 1987 teams average 4.5 yards per carry that's the highest average rushing yards per carry in the history of the nfl yep the, the the and I by the way Black I was actually predicted this would happen it's crazy enough because and it, and it's not that I predicted it would happen because I see the future or anything like that no no it was simple football theory it was watching the Big 12 and watching the the way the Big 12 evolved in the ecosystem of the Big 12 remember the Big 12 was at one point it was a uh, basically a, a space and pace league, a spread league, and the Air Raid turned it into a kind of a pace and space league, a spread league. And the evolutionary adaptation by defenses to these teams, spreading them out and throwing the football over the, over the place and becoming these high-powered, high-octane passing offenses was to back their safeties up, backed up their safeties two deep and three deep even. As I always say, they went three deep safeties. Well, yep. what the Big 12 turned into? A running league it became a running league all right basically that was kind of cross dressing as a passing league people thought it was a passing league no teams would spread you out but then they would run and that's what we are now because it's a running league why well because i have the numbers advantage you're going to back your safeties up i'm going to have the numbers advantage in the box and we're going to run the football yeah. the nfl has just become they went through the same the same progression the same evolution all right the nfl went for a while became look, became a big 12 passing league remember everybody mocked the the nfl oh it looks like the big 12 it looks like the big 12 in it basically, in response to that, all the defenses back their safeties up, yep. two deep, three deep. That's why Patrick Mahomes had one deep passing touchdown this year. One, he had one deep passing touchdown over twenty yards. Only one. Isn't that crazy? Yep. When he led the NFL in deep touchdown passes the last couple of years. Because why? I'm going to work harder. I can work smarter. If you're going to back your safeties up, we're just going to throw underneath. Boom. Yep. We're going to work the middle. We're going to work the underneath Work the quick game. And now, Josh Allen went through the same thing. And now teams are deciding, we're just going to run the football. You're going to back those safeties up, we're going to run the football. It's the same evolution the Big 12 went through. This is football theory, people. This is it. This is when you can just look at a certain uh, set of principles or a certain kind of sample size of whether it be a conference or a certain ecosystem of football, and then it can be applied elsewhere. The NFL is going exactly where the Big 12 went. And now the the NFL is becoming a running league again. Now it's going to be a passing league for the most part. It's always going to be that now. But it is now, you can see the NFL now starting to rely more on the running game. That's why in 2022... Um, teams average over five yards per carry on power and counter. They're running that more, which is why Keon J. Coburn gets drafted ahead of Amara Ojomo, which is why the Cowboys draft Amazi Smith in the first round. They go, dude, teams are running the rock. We built this damn defense to stop the pass. We got three safeties we're playing. We got hybrid defenders all over the damn place. We got elite pass rushers, and teams are deciding, man, you know what? Every time we throw the ball against the Cowboys, man, that pass rush is just lethal. it's, It's suffocating. Let's just run the ball. Okay. What's the weakness of Michael Parsons? Run the yep. ball. You got three safeties on the field. What's their weakness? Run the ball. And they ran the ball on them. That's why you draft Mozzie Smith. Wow. It all makes perfect sense. Yep. So if you can criticize the Mozzie Smith, you're not paying attention. you got to be paying attention. you got to be paying
1: attention. And you, gotta attention. And yeah. you also got to look at the strength that he brings. We talked about it last week. Bruce Feldman. Freak. He's an unbelievable athlete. He's the, what, the strongest guy in the draft. Exactly, I said. One of dudes, he's like, like he's yeah. one of those guys, yeah. and it's not talking about the verticality. It's not talking about any of that. What do we talk about with linemen? Hands. You gotta be able to move people, turn people. And if you could grab someone and throw them out of the way which with that do. strength, which he
0: can do. It's perfect timing. And which they're gonna need because yes. the yeah, and we all know the Eagles. no Eagles, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right yeah. they, they perfected this souped up version of the quarterback sneak, the tush push. Yep. And if you wanna stop that, the only way to stop it is right at the point of attack. Yep. Yep. And even the Cowboys are getting pushed around there. They decide a team with a ninety percent conversion rate on quarterback sneaks and a ninety-three percent success rate on quarterback sneaks. They got to they gotta have a solution for that. Yep. Mozzie Smith is that solution. So, I, I, actually, I love the pick the Cowboys made. The more, you, the more I talk about it, the more I like it. Yeah. Because it just makes so much damn and sense. And you're making everybody from Cowboy fans
1: like this. They smiling. Yeah. They smiling. You should be. Yep. I mean, this guy... He did 22 reps on the bench mm-hmm. of 325. Not, not, not 225, which is the standard operating <laughs> procedure there. He put another 100, put on, 100 it. on it. No, 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 man. The 225. <laughs> not too light. I might
0: do it 50 <laughs> times. I'm going to do it 325 yeah. 22 times. Unbelievable. So, that, man. like I said, that pick, Money in the Bank. And I love the DeMar Overshaw pick, like I said, too. If you look at Dan Quinn's his vision for his team, positionless football is the way he wants to go. That's the future of football. He is way love ahead of his time. They are the most most, in my opinion, they are the most modern positionless football defense in the NFL. Um, I think San Francisco has the the most modern positionless football offense in the NFL. Dan Quinn's defense is the defensive version of that. Mm -hmm. And I don't don't think it's a coincidence they both were together at one time. I think they sat out and started talking about the future of football and went, and had the same conversation I had with Channel and went, dude, the future of football is positionless football. Yep. We just ain't got enough people that can do it. Yeah. But if you can find them freaks, put them out there. Because they out there. They out there. They out there. Um, so Marvin Overshone, perfect spot for him, man. He's got a coach that, that has a vision for him and how to weaponize him. So he couldn't have ended up in a better spot. Um, and the other pick in the for the Cowboys that I thought was a little interesting, and we ain't talk a ton about it really, Junior Fihoko, the defensive yep. end out of San Jose State. Yep. I mean, he actually doesn't even fit the scheme that Dan Quinn runs a lot of. He's a, kind of a 3-4 DN. Um, Dan Quinn likes more of a 4-3 style, but he's multiple. And it's kind of this pick may show you that Dan Quinn's a truly a multiple uh, defensive coordinator in terms of how he wants to call his defenses because this guy is an athlete. He can wreak havoc. Um he's got his cousins on the team too. And disrupt Oh is are they Fajoko? Yeah, Oh, are they really the receivers? They're cousins? Yeah. I did not know that they were yeah. cousins. Yeah, cuz as soon as he
1: got drafted he said welcome to
0: the team cousin. Okay. Yep. Man, Kinfolk huh?
1: Yep, got to make
0: it happen. Uh, I I like his I I like him because he's just a disruptor. I wonder if Dan Quinn's looking at him as just raw material, raw clay. Yeah, I'll yeah. mold him into something. 6-4 64 exactly. coming off the edge.
1: Yeah. Yaki, might be able, he, he, he you can, can move make him some things too. happen. That's right. You can move him inside a little bit too. Yeah, I'm 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 all in on that. I think this is somebody that they're going to find. I think a lot of these guys too are you trying to find more special team players as well? Some guys that can come and help maybe on punt coverage, maybe on punt return. There's going to be some people that are going to be filling some voids that are out there as well. You just got to figure out where you fit in and then go from there.
0: Um, something else about this, uh, Luke schoolmaker, uh, pick before we move on. I, the reason I, I kind of like the pick, I think the Cowboys, they want to run the football more. I think they're going to end up running a lot of 13 personnel next season. They ran some of it last year. Kansas city led the NFL in 13 personnel, one back three tight ends. I think they're going to run a lot more of that yeah. next season. Yeah. It's going to be boring as hell to Cowboys fans, but yeah. they want to play. It's little, okay. They want to play some bully ball.
1: Um, uh. Does that mean we win more than we lose? <laughs> I'm okay with it. Well,
0: yeah, you won 12 games. Do we? You but we didn't win, win the division, games. Yeah, you want to beat? You want to get past the divisional yeah, round? Honestly, yeah. wouldn't you take winning 10 games and getting past the divisional round? 100. You can take them other two wins. Yes. Most of them cowboys are like, take the other two. Take them other take two. Them other I two. Yeah. I just want to get past the division. You it gonna, has a wild card. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Take you, the division.
1: You're gonna put us in a wild card game anyway. So you go, <laughs> much, yeah, us yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: put us in there and let's roll um, with it. Okay, so real quick, my biggest criticism of the Cowboys draft and only got one because um, they did get a wide receiver too. They're gonna get them a Jalen at wide receiver yeah. for some reason. Yeah, they love
1: them <laughs> Jalen. <laughs> whether it's Tolbert. Yeah, yeah right. now? Yeah, yeah. Brooks. Exactly.
0: Um, <laughs> I wish they would have gotten um, a running back prospect. I love Deuce Vaughn. Love that pick. Right. But like I said about Deuce Vaughn, and this is not an insult at all, I don't think Deuce Vaughn can be kind of the main course of your running game. I don't think he can be that main course of running game. I do think he's more of a complementary piece. He's more of a side dish to your running game. And I don't think the Cowboys right now have a main course to their running game. Yep. I don't think that's Ronald Jones. I don't think it's Deuce Vaughn. I don't Think it's who's the Malik Davis? Um, give me another one. Tony Pollard is it, but Tony Pollard is coming off an injury. We're gonna, so until Tony Pollard is fully healthy, and even by the way, Tony Pollard's own position coach admitted we don't want him. (laughs) <laughs> to be the main course right. running back. He Can't said do that. It. He do said it. that. He said, no, no, we don't want him. He's not built that. like that. Yes, he's like, he's not built to be a workhorse running back, to be a guy that carries the ball every down. We mm-hmm. want him to be fresh in the fourth quarter so he can have explosive plays. If we line him up to be the workhorse running back, those explosive plays are going to depreciate. They're going to decrease. I guarantee you. They're going to depreciate his overall value, so I think they need a workhorse running back. Thought it would be Rojo. They passed on Rojo. They got to go out and get themselves one because right now, all they got is side dishes, and you can't have a side dish be the main course you're on the back. You need some protein, man, some chicken, some chicken fried steak, some some, some pork chops. You need some. Right now, all they got and is not, mashed potatoes and gravy. And we, not expired meat. And we, not expired meat. That's Zeke. Not expired Zeke. We're having, we're having expired, expired
1: meat. Have you seen the videos? I'm about to send y'all the videos so y'all can get off my boy Zeke. No, I, I thought what Patrick said earlier about Derrick Henry. I think it's something to really mm-hmm. think about. I think it's something to really – unless you have to eat so much money. I don't know what he's paid now. That's the other part of it. it I don't want his
2: contract to be where – His contract's not terrible for a running back. Yeah. The problem is – so now you don't have that as a leverage in negotiations for the pick either because that's when you have to go to Tennessee and say, well, what do you really want for this? Because we don't want to give up much for it. We'd like to give up a fourth for it maybe.
1: I agree. Right. And
2: they, they you still have it, though. They waited too late to that. address this. And so if you do it before the draft, then Tennessee can go into the draft and get another running back and say, well, we ha- we're we not playing with Derrick Henry this year. Let's go get another back. Let's go get our guy and prepare for the future. But now that you wait until after it's done, and now there's no other running backs for Tennessee to get, now they go, well, if you wanted to get rid of him, now we don't have a running back all yeah, season. Now we need to put a premium on, it, on yeah. the draft pick. So it becomes harder to make that trade now. Because you waited so long that you were in need, that they, Tennessee holds the cards now and you don't have it. There's probably some other guys still out there that you can go that you trade may, for. Well, to, that are free agents that you can go at least, hey man, this guy can get us a few and, and patch mm-hmm. us through. But that was the biggest problem I had to, with their draft was you did do, Deuce, Deuce Vaughn's a great running back. He's not what you needed in that position. And I think Jerry signed Ronald Jones because he's a guy from Dallas and he signed. And he drafted and Deuce Vaughn because his dad coaches there. That's not and at, why. <laughs> and no, no, and they're good players. They're good players, <laughs> but, 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 yeah. but the stories are there yeah. to build in, which Jerry loves the stories. And yeah. at no point does he go, "Oh, I need my guy. I need this is the guy we need." And this is where you want Mike McCarthy to step up and go, "Hey, Jerry, let's go get a running back that we can use." And it seems like watching this draft, Dan Quinn was very aggressive of what he wanted. Yeah. yeah and no question. I don't know that Mike McCarthy was as aggressive with what he wanted. But I, still, I firmly believe, too, that, yeah, you're right about Mike
1: McCarthy, but I think for sure – Will McClay knows their board. He knows exactly what they have. I know he knows their personnel. And they may be looking at somebody else.
0: It may they, not be Derrick be. Henry. They have to be looking yeah, at somebody right now. They definitely are no looking at something else. Yeah. They, they believe now, post-draft, this is the best running back room going forward, considering yep. what Tony
2: Pollard's status yeah. is. And let's be clear. I think Deuce Vaughn, where they got him, is a steal of oh, a pick I'm, where yeah. they got him. And that's not the question of where he is on your board. The problem is, this is not – we have this. Yeah, yeah, we we have this you got already. Got Devontae Turpin and a Tony Pollard. <laughs> yeah, we we have. We don't need this again. And I those, look, yeah. I get he's the best pick. And if we want to go best available, we need a running back. But not all running backs are created equal. This guy, he's he was a value pick, but it just doesn't address the problem. And for a guy who says we're going to run the ball, yeah. we're going to run the ball. You go with who? With, no, exactly. <laughs> what are you talking about? Because here's the deal: <laughs> they don't need a plunger because you can't run through the gaps right now. And when you're talking about any D lineman being able to stop them through the gaps and you have to go outside every time so they're going to load up on linebackers, which then hurts your pass game even more because they don't have to load up and stop the line because there's no one trying to barrel through and get four to five yards, it just makes defending you that much more one-dimensional. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I know they have a plan at running back because this can't be it. So right. yeah. I'm, I'm going to
0: give them the benefit of the doubt to say they are a better organization than that. They are. They have a plan at running back, which is why there was no urgency for them to address it in the draft. But I, 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 I got to go back and just say kind of what Patrick addressed. You you waited so late to address it. Deontay Foreman was out there. You had so many nice... You know, that's I, the one that adequate, I wanted the most. Yes. I mean,
1: when you brought it no, up, I was like, "That's the guy you need." There were just get.
0: adequate options that would have given you. And one you year. Have to, yes, and you, you have didn't
1: have to, have to pay him a lot of
2: money. You would have been I think there. End up getting like three yeah.
0: million or something. Yeah.
2: Like some yeah. I, and that's the worry. My worry is that there is other plans, and one of them is Zeke. And oh, I think it's that is happening. I think it's that happening. is their big yeah. plan B. Is oh, well, we couldn't find anybody else. I guess we got to go back and get Zeke, you guys. And then their head, he's going to be better this year. So they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, now now we've got him. He's gonna be better.
0: That's yep. going, that's 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 gonna be Cowboys a regression, saying, guys. Watch that, this. One step Watch forward, this. two steps back. Yeah. If y'all bring back Zeke, I will, I, I will Apollo
1: Abdul all day if they bring back <laughs> Zeke. Watch me.
0: That exactly. Yeah. That would not be yeah. good. Uh, all right, we come back. We'll take a break. Uh, we'll talk about the Longhorns on the other side. Also, that were drafted, but also I'll give you a little history lesson on the NFL draft. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. One
2: I'm mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real.
0: You ain't keeping it real! Oh my God! Okay, it's happening! Everybody stay calm! No, oh, you've done you do? it now. It's time
1: for Rod's oh. Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts.
0: Alright, welcome back to... Uh, Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time for Raj's Rant of the Day. I want to get into the NFL draft just a little bit, a little quick history lesson about the NFL draft. Um, because, you know, the NFL draft now has become the marquee sports festival, if you will, <laughs> in America. I always say that, you know, the NFL is America's number one TV show. And now the NFL is getting, you know, prime time ratings off of their spinoffs and their sequels and their prequels <laughs> of the, you know, top television show in America. I think 70 percent, over 70 percent of the top watched television programs are broadcast in America last year were NFL games. And now the draft has become kind of must see prime time TV, too. And it's it's actually for. Um, a lot of network executives. It's kind of mind-boggling in the day and age. The day and age of you know, obviously TikTok and our attention, our d- decreasing, uh, shrinking attention spans. Attention spans, and yet we still love the NFL draft, which is essentially people reading off names and a bunch of conference calls. Like that's the that's the gist of it. So, the NFL draft, it basically. Became a broadcast thing in the in the '80s, but prior to that, the first 14 years, they didn't. The NFL didn't have a draft. The NFL basically didn't have a draft. The best players would go to the best teams. That's just how it worked. Uh, Burt Bell of the Eagles, the Eagles owner, he was upset about the best teams always constantly going uh, and out getting the best players and he never having assets to the best players. So he is the one that hypothesized a draft and essentially convinced the rest of the NFL owners and the commissioner to uh, cultivate parity in the NFL. It was good for the NFL to have parity and not just have a bunch of teams that dominated the NFL and got all the top talent. So he pitched that idea The NFL liked it, and they decided, all right, we're going to go with an NFL draft, try to bring more parity to the sport. First round, uh, the first round was held at the Ritz-Carlton in Philly because the Philadelphia Eagles owner, Bert Bell, was kind of putting this thing together. And that was in 1936. The the picks were written on a chalkboard, and only 81 players were selected. Now it's like 260-something players that are selected. That year, in 1936, the number one overall pick declined the opportunity to play in the NFL to become a salesman. His name was Jay Berwanger. (laughs) <laughs> he decided now nah, I want to play in the NFL it's got eh, I'm not I'll be paid better this other job got other I got better options than being the number 1 overall pick in the draft but in 1980 ESPN comes along um ESPN needed partners and of course the draft was perfect for them they were an all sports network they needed more sports they originally pitched it to Pete Rozelle and Pete Rozelle declined it cuz he's like nobody's going to watch nobody's going to watch us read off names that's stupid they Yep. They were persistent. All right. Kept going after him. And eventually he decided, all right, I'll let you guys film the draft of me just reading names, even though he never thought it would be a huge deal. First televised draft ESPN. Uh, they sent a crew of five people to the Sheraton Hotel in New York City. Um, and then they set up one desk outside the ballroom where all the owners were and the GMs were. And that was the, uh, basically the first broadcast of the NFL draft. And ESPN has been broadcasting ever since. Now, the NFL Network also has their version of the broadcast. In 2014, the Radio City Music Hall, which had, was hosting the NFL draft for years, um, they probably regretted this, but they double booked one year and told the NFL, you got to have your draft a week late because we were booked a year ahead. And the NFL decided, you nah, know, you know what? We're going to experiment and take it on the road for a little while. See how that works out. We'll come back to you if we got a problem. The Radio City Music Hall definitely regrets that decision because since then, uh, in 2014, the NFL has taken their draft on the road and they have pretty much become the, one of the biggest festivals in America as a result. You think about the biggest festivals in America. Most of them are music festivals. Uh, Coachella. I mean, it's attended by, like, 200,000 people. South by Southwest, 400-something thousand people. Essence Festival is around 400,000 people usually. You know, hell, you can get election day, like, carnivals and stuff like that. You get, you know, like, 400,000 people. Um, For the NFL draft now, they're starting to essentially they're starting to get similar numbers. They're starting to get very similar numbers. The draft in in Chicago in 2016, 225,000. 2017 in Philly, 250,000. 2018 in Dallas, 200,000. 600,000 in Nashville. Then you had covid Then you had Cleveland. Nobody wants to go to Cleveland, but it was 160K there. 300,000 in Las Vegas, 312,000 attended the draft in Kansas City. It'll be in Detroit in 2024, and we'll see how that works out. But now, I mean, you're talking about the NFL draft being bigger than most of the music festivals happening in this country. Like That's how big the NFL draft has become. And by the way, they just started taking it on the road. It's been on the road in less than 10 years. The Kansas City taxpayers spent $3 million on temporary construction and infrastructure uh, for the NFL draft, and they're going to make $100 million in economic impact, reportedly. Um. So now cities are bidding and essentially going out of their way uh, to compete for the NFL draft. It makes sense if you can bring that kind of economic impact to a community. Um, some of the – if you go look at the viewership, now I think they were 11.2 million viewers for 2023, which is more than I don't know, Daytona 500, Indy 500, World Series, Games 2 and 3, Stanley Cup Final, Wimbledon, you name it. That's probably – so the NFL spinoff <laughs> is still probably – Higher rated than most of the uh, major team sports championship finale. That's how you know dominant the NFL is and how popular it is in uh, in America. It is the number one TV show, and we can't get enough of it. Even I watching it. somebody with conference calls and reading off names. Essentially, this is this is like their their job fair, or uh, and this it's become a big deal. This is them like they've made what is essentially. Their administrative duties and tasks into prime time events, right? Their their schedule. I like when they that. put out their schedule for their employees. We go crazy because we we play the schedule game. When like they have it. their annual job fair, which is kind of their, I don't know. I guess that you can you can kind of classify the draft as that, right? They're bringing in all the new prospects, all that stuff. We love it. Their it really their interview process, which is the combine. We love it. Yep. we eat it up.
1: Like you said, I like the fact that you said it was the job fair. It's Dang. like you come in and everybody's at a table and it's like, hey, what do you
2: want to do with your life?
1: You know what I'm saying? You want, you want to come over here? and We're
0: hiring, so let me see what you bring your resume over here. It really is
2: yeah, amazing, man. That is pretty
0: cool from what it's become. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the Longhorn to uh, went out in the NFL draft. We can continue this conversation on the other side. Uh, but Bijan, first and foremost, going to Atlanta at number eight overall. Uh, like I said, I love the pick for Bijan. I think Bijan's gonna be a superstar in this offense for Atlanta. I, don't know if I, I love the pick. He's going to be great in that offense. Arthur Smith is awesome. But I'm not sure if they're going to get ultimate value because they got to think about resigning who's going to end up, in my opinion, becoming the best running back in the league.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: you want to sign him like he's the best running back in the league. Correct. So, And we know that's not usually a wise investment. But in terms of Bijan and his impact schematically being compatible with this offense, ooh, no offense in the NFL Ran the ball more than Atlanta, the only team in the NFL to run on more than half of their plays. They ran more than Chicago, forty-eight percent. They ran more than San Fran. Nobody ran more than Atlanta.
1: That's that's amazing too. Yeah, (laughs) and that's a good place for him. You gave the name last week, running back. You're like, do you know who that is? Well, he's the one that got the most carries for Atlanta last year. Running the football, so yeah. it's a, it's amazing to me, and I think it's a great spot for Bijan, and I think he he's the only player, and I saw this last night, only rookie that's in the top twenty in fantasy.
0: Oh, he's like number five. Yeah, he's, he's like the, number he's like number three or five. You look at Pro Football Focus fantasy
1: exactly. rankings, so yeah, especially that, now that he's in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah for he's those numbers point, that you talked are. about and where where he passed, you know, the running back gets the ball, and you look at what Cordell Patterson was for them. Mm-hmm. Now they don't have to use Cordell Patterson at that position. They can still use him, but Bijan is the ultimate weapon. He can play wide receiver for you. He can come out of the backfield. He can do so many different things. And that's why when you when you brought up his name about being in Atlanta and you talked about those rushing numbers, that's a great number.
0: They they ran the ball 49% of the time when they were trailing. Yeah. When they were, from, they were playing from behind, they ran the ball 48% of the time. Guys, that is five percentage points higher than any other team. Nobody runs the ball that much when they're behind. Exactly. That is unbelievable. Remember gave that game That's an stat? oxymoron. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they lost to Cincinnati in, I think it was week seven. They lost 35 17. They ran the ball 13 times. Yeah. I'm sorry, they threw the ball just 13 times. They threw the ball just 13 times. Wow. That's crazy that's the second fewest in a game that season and they trailed by two scores the mm-hmm. whole game they were down by 18 in the fourth quarter running the rock
1: that's so funny
0: it they that's what they believe in so it is a great place for Bijan to go uh, all right uh the second longhorn that was taking uh Demarvio and overshone going to your Dallas Cowboys yeah Hodge. buddy that's not a surprise to us at all. Nope. We've been talking about it, and if you if you've kept up with any of the quotes from the Marvin Overshown, not it, it wasn't a big surprise to him either. He had had multiple meetings with the Cowboys, even going back to the combine, and he said when he met with Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn literally wrote up a plan as to how he was going to use the Marvin Overshown.
1: And you co-signed on it and was like, yeah. Yeah, but he's sign like, me like, I love it.
0: And and by the way, Overshone also admitted that one of the things that really attracted the Cowboys to him was his ability to rush off of the edge. Shout out to PK and shout out to Gary Patterson and shout out to Sark because prior to uh those guys, they weren't using him on the edge as much. They weaponized him, put him on the edge. He had a twenty-five percent pressure rate. Uh, last season, uh, sorry, yeah, two, uh, last season, 2022, which was higher than any of the linebackers. Those top linebackers that were taken in the first uh, two rounds. He's a really natural pass rusher off the edge. The Cowboys, I think they got themselves a a perfect fit for Dan Quinn's positionless football vision. No doubt,
1: no doubt. And you know what he brings to the table and the way he can flex. And I brought this up earlier. The way that he plays reminds me of Cam Chancellor. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that from the very beginning. I saw it when he was a freshman here, and they said, we're going to move you to linebacker, and he was very hesitant about it. He didn't, he wasn't sure if that's what he wanted to do because of the fact, you know as well as I do, right, when you're being a free safety and you're able to move from sideline to sideline mm-hmm. and be able to come downhill, mm-hmm. that's a big difference for you. And the other part is, can he take on blockers? That's a big thing, too. As a free safety, you're not getting hit by a lot of people. Agreed. You're the one that's running around. You're not getting touched. Well, now as a linebacker, you're going to have to be touched by everybody. The the offensive line is trying to get to the second level. That's why you need those big guys up front to keep them off of you. That's yeah. why Ray Lewis was so good because he had big goose up in front. He could go sideline to sideline untouched. Yeah. Same thing with Erlacher. So when you look at what Bijan has become, I see him, I mean, Bijan. When Overshawn. you see what Overshone has become, you start looking at him and say, all right, and if Dan Quinn, who we trust, who did have Cam Chancellor in his secondary, this is going to be a perfect fit. All he needed was the buy in. That's all DeMarvian needed. He needed to buy in for it. And he bought into it, and now he's a third round pick for the Dallas Cowboys. I
0: remember you making that Cam Chancellor comparison during the season, um, and now it's more apt yeah, <laughs> than, yeah. than ever. I think you're around the money with that one, and and I love that Dan Quinn's not going to try to he's not going to try ch- turn Demarvion Overshone into an every down in the box off ball yep. linebacker. Right? He understands that this guy. You know, it was a safety, and he's a kind of a spread baby. I call these guys they're comfortable in space. I call them spread babies because they grew up in a spread era of football. And you don't want to just force him into taking on blocks, A-gap to B-gap. This is a gap to b gap. This guy that loves to run sideline to sideline. If he's a unicorn, don't saw off the horn, man. No. Sharpen that damn thing so you can like use that. it as a weapon. That's what Dan Quinn does. Don't don't force a no, uh, don't force a knife to be a spoon or a fork to <laughs> yeah. be a spoon. Don't do that. That's they
1: stupid. make sporks for that.
0: They make, uh, <laughs> which is what he. That's exactly what he is. He's a sport. Well done. I like that. I'm going to end it right there. Let's go to Ojemo. Ojemo, I'm sorry. He was the next one. Let's go to Rojo. Rojo drafted in a fourth round by the Chicago Bears. The Bears, uh, I love this pick, too, because the Bears run the ball a ton. Yep. They run the ball a ton. So I actually like this pick, too. And remember, essentially the Bears are running the Ravens offense. Yes. They stole the Ravens' offense last season while they were doing research for the uh, for their game against the Patriots, I believe it was. And then they saw, while they were doing research, they saw the Patriots game versus the Ravens and went, damn, Lamar Jackson actually has a lot of success for the Patriots. Can Justin Fields do that? And mm-hmm. somebody, some smart guy went, yeah, he can do that. Let's just change the offense. Can we just run those plays? Run those plays. Smart men. all time. Right? And they did that. And But the, the beauty of it is. Copycat league. Exactly. The Ravens run a lot of. Two back sets, mm-hmm. and and I'm Patrick brought it up too. Rojo would be more than willing to be a blocker. He did here at Texas in the two back exactly. sets for B, for Bijan. So I love that pick for Rojo, man. I really do.
1: I think it was perfect timing for him. It's a good spot for him, and the fact that he does have a Justin Fields that is there. Justin, I mean the 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 Bears are now trying to make their offense a lot better. They brought in more at mm-hmm. at the wide receiver position. Last year they went out and got. Uh, The kid, Claypool. Claypool. They went and got him. And they like to run the football. Now you've got this different type of offense where you can run a veer and you can have a back like a a Rojo that will bust somebody in the chest if they try to get in there. And he can get those short, tough yards for you. I'm excited for him. I know I, I was with the Bears fans, two of them today, and they were all about that pick for Rojo.
0: Yeah, and, uh, broke, had a higher broken tackle rate than any back in the country the last two years, and more yards after contact per mm-hmm. rust than even Bijan as a player. Uh, more Ojimo. Uh, sorry, Kendrick Coburn was drafted ahead of him. Sorry about that. No, sixth you round. knew
1: where he wanted to be.
0: I know. <laughs> I, I really want Ojimo <laughs> to go higher. But sixth round, Kendrick Coburn drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs. That's a good pick. As I've said, everybody needs a Colburn these days. Uh, the truth is, teams are running more power and counter than ever before. Uh, averaging over five mm-hmm. yards per rush on power and counter, they're only averaging over f- a little over four yards per rush on inside and outside zone. That's because teams have built their their defenses to be a little bit more. Uh, streamline, right? They're sleeker, Mm -hmm. they're faster because teams are throwing the ball more, teams are running more sideline to sideline with those outside zone schemes. Well, since defenses are now so finely tuned to defend the pass and defend the outside zone, sideline to sideline, now teams are running right at them. That's your powers, that's your counters, that's your gap schemes. You need a big body, double team taking, just a gap stuffing Defensive lineman, oh, wide body defensive lineman to be able to counter that. That's what Keandre Colburn is. Yep. So he's going to be fun.
1: Yeah, I every, think so every too. Team, yeah, he's going to be fun. Yeah, I group. think he's going. I think he's got a good place where he can learn too. <laughs> I mean, you look at what this defense is, and you talk about the plunger for a very long time, and how you always are going to need that plunger, especially in that division. That's a good pick for him. And and again, when you get picked late like that. You're you got you got a chance to go to a team that is going to win. You're playing for the Chiefs. You're gonna have an opportunity to play for quite some time. So that's a great pickup. Sometimes you people are looking at man, I'm mad I didn't go in the top five. Man, sometimes you don't want to be in that top five because that's a lot that's expected on you for a team that's not very good. There's a reason why you're in there at the top five. They're not very good, bro.
0: Yep. Uh, Ojemo drafted seventh round, 249th overall by the Eagles. Um, remember, uh, Daniel Jeremiah, who's probably the most accurate mock drafting analyst uh, this past year, and actually last two or three years, he had... Uh, basically Moro Ojimo has his best 7th round value. He had him ranked 111th on his big board. He went 249th, so there's a really good chance that Moro Ojimo can be one of those guys that's a great value for the Eagles, like the rich get richer, mm-hmm. and he's going to be learning from the best and the deepest defensive front and defensive line in the NFL right now. Sorry, Cowboys fans. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Alright, we come back. Uh, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll dive into the rest of the draft for the Texans on this side right here on Ballton Line wonderful one
2: Thank you.
0: Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, We'll get to uh, an update on Texas baseball coming up in the 6.30. Hards was not yelling about Texas baseball. It's about some other baseball team. No, no. (laughs) It was was about baseball, but it's not about Texas baseball. baseball. Uh, We'll get you an update on Texas baseball coming up. Smooth Soul Monday. Shout out to my man Patrick. Doing a great job uh, to soothe the tortured soul of sports fans out there. But most uh, NFL fans are in a really good mood because uh, their team had a good draft, or at least most people believe their team had a good draft over the weekend. The Texans, a lot of people believe, may have won the draft, but with their moves uh, in the first round to get CJ Stroud and to get Will Anderson with the number three overall pick right behind CJ Stroud at number two overall. Stan, who you had on for your Harsh Knock Life, uh, hard yep. brought up an interesting point that I've heard now other people have brought up about the the price tag of the trade um, because it was a lot the Texans gave up in order to move up in the draft to get the number 3 overall pick. Um, and I heard Joe Cook said the same thing. He basically said what Stan said, so obviously it's a talking point that's out there, yep. that the Texans essentially did not trade up for Will Will Anderson. They traded up for C.J. Stroud, basically. that They had to draft C.J. Stroud, but then the trade up was really just to make sure they got – both their defensive end and their quarterback, but they essentially the CJ Stroud moved basically think of it as a package. Right. They don't look at it as just them trading for that number three overall pick. Look at it as they traded all that draft capital and also had their number two overall pick. I just think that's a tomato tomato thing is how you want to look at it. It it's still a lot to give up for that number three overall pick unless and I agree with this. I, I, you felt these are the two foundational pieces to build our organization around. And we have to make this move now. Because if we don't make it now, then we're gonna be in purgatory essentially for the recent future. Yeah, and, yeah. and let's put Forcible it this way,
2: it, it depends too. If they come out next season and are still terrible, then it was a bad then it was they gave up a lot because they gave up a top ten pick. Yeah. You know, if they're giving up their pick, then they're giving up some pretty heavy. Now, if they go out and have a great season. What's great, 500? Well, no, but I'm saying like you have a season where you're getting a 20, you're pick 20 or above. Oh. So if you're in that, you're the top – top 10. Top, top 10, top 12. Top 12 teams. Wow. If you're in that, well, then it's a great trade because now you gave up 12 and 20-something for number three, which is not much. Yeah. So it, it all it all depends on what that pick becomes next season – because if the pick is something really high, then, yes, you gave up too much. They're playing on the odds that, look, we're we're going to try and win now because we don't know what that pick – that pick could be seven for us next year and we can't do anything with it then. Mm. And we can do something with it now because Arizona's betting on it being number three again.
0: Yeah. No, I'm, I, I agree with you. I think in retrospect, we won't know if it was too much until – it probably won't even know after next season either.
2: Gotta, no, and I think yeah. we'll know it too. Right. It's going to be, you know, every year – the same way they, they peddle hope for the draft, there's always, man, next season, next year's draft's going to be the one. And you're like, well, yeah, it could be. And then it also could edge out that it's at 20, there's 18 first-round grades. And there's, there's some really good guys at the top, but there's only X amount of uh, first-round grades. For that. So we don't know until we get through the next season because every year somebody has an amazing junior year and a terrible senior year. Or an amazing sophomore year and a terrible junior year and, stay, and still goes. Yep, like that always happens. So we never know until we get to that class. We should
0: see return on like that investment sooner on the defensive side, don't you think? With Will Anderson,
2: yeah, yeah, because right. I think that it's easier. That's transition. easier plug and play. Yes, agreed. Then yeah, quarterback is just it's going to take some time, but that's where you're hoping Bobby Slowick is able to put him into a system that Brock Purdy. I know he had weeks to get used ready for it before he came in and played, but as a rookie, was able to succeed. In a more system set up that he was able to handle.
0: Yeah. Well, that's one thing that Texans do have better than the Cowboys. They have better, better running backs already than the Cowboys. Hey, man, yeah. come on, dog. I'm, I'm just I'm, saying. I'm, hey,
1: guys, I'm sitting right here. They got David okay. Pierce. What's the kid know. from
0: Buffalo? Singletary? They singletary. singletary. Yeah, too? They have Singletary. Those both right now will be better than what the Cowboys they, have. They also, tomato, the tomato. Tomato. they also ended up with the tight end. They also ended up with
2: the tight end that the Cowboys wanted. <laughs>
0: uh, you mean you Dalton right. Schultz? <laughs> oh, they got a Cowboys wide receiver, too.
1: Oh, man, come on, man. Noah Did, Brown. Y'all can, <laughs> y'all can have him.
2: Y'all can have him. I mean, you get Hutchinson now. You have Mechie coming back. You have Tank. Coming in. The Tank down. I, I like the wide receiver pick, But that's the, the thing tank is, down, That yeah. is a really exciting young wide receiver core in Houston now, too. Because there is a lot of young. Because Machi is a rookie this year. he's trying to get well. everybody to buy back in. He's back yeah. in. He's
1: back in. he's not
0: stalking. They they reunited. It and feels so good. <laughs> is, no, I agree. The wide receiving core uh, now has been upgraded tremendously over the offseason Now with the draft included, because I think Xavier Hutchinson and Tangdale will both make the team. I love. I yeah. love the fact deep at wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I love the wanna...
1: fact of Xavier Hutchinson. I think that was. That, that, I don't know why
0: he was there that Not I Me
1: mean neither. That's why I'm saying like it's gonna be like he
0: was slow. Yeah, yeah but, he got but
1: he got the, I know. he's got yeah. hands. he And he's been productive
0: out. everywhere he's gone. He's I know. productive in his JUCO. He became an all-conference player. All-conference player here in the Big 12 twice, I yeah. think. Let, was All-American this past year. Been productive everywhere he's gone. Who do you I, trust
2: on third down?
0: Yeah, nobody's Colin Johnson to me. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a smaller version of Colin Johnson. And Colin Johnson like was the that. same way. I like he did him. not was, – was he drafted or uh, – he, he was late. If he, he was, was, late. was. Yeah. He was late. Yep. But I, I said to myself, man, he, he's going to make a team. Yeah. If you've seen Colin Johnson play, you like, oh, that guy's gonna make a team. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's gonna impress in a workout, but he's gonna make a team. I feel the same way about Xavier Hutchinson. I love. He's it. gonna make that team. Oh, for sure. There ain't no doubt about I'm, it. I'm a big fan. Uh, no, I'm with you. I think that's that. That's one of my favorite picks by the Texans. There, I like that pick. I was um, even a
1: bigger fan when he dropped that pass. Um, yeah, and he, honestly, the he should have been the reason
0: that they beat Texas. Exactly. I'm glad also, he dropped that he pass. He dropped a <laughs> wide open touchdown. touchdown. <laughs> And Walk then, in, and by the way, and then came back and started killing Texas on third down again. Yes,
1: he was like, "Get the ball back to me." Yeah. <laughs> Get the ball back to me. I owe you. I kept telling Texas,
0: when are y'all just going to double Xavier Hutchinson? Because they're not throwing to anybody else. He was their X-Man. Like, they were literally just going to force people to football. It's like, no, just double that guy. Take him away. They couldn't. Hunter Deckers was dealing.
1: Yes, he was. The only only
0: one who played
1: every single game, too.
0: He was dealing out there, man. Um, All right, there you go. We'll talk some more draft, of course. On the other side, we got to get into the NBA. So we'll review the games last night. Heat win game one. Warriors win game seven. And we also, unfortunately, have to dive into what the hell happened to the Texas baseball team. All right, you may be doing some research over I already here. know. All right. We'll I watch most of it. <laughs> when we come <laughs> back right here on Baldon Line, wanna foot another horn.